You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. What's up, everybody? This is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and this week I sat down with my buddy, Jason Duke. Now, Jason is a local guy born and raised just outside of Nashville. He was a wrestler that turned into a songwriter. You're gonna hear the story about that path that he took, how he walked out of a college class three years in to change his major, how he started being a song plugger, which for those of you who don't know, a song plugger is someone who finds songs and pitches them or introduces them to artists in hopes to get a cut, which means to get it recorded on a record. So you're gonna hear all the stories about that, hear the story behind the song he wrote, Dibs, for Kelsey Ballerini, awesome number one song. Hear the story about other cuts he had with artists like Keith Urban, uh, his process for songwriting, and so much more. I have written with this guy. We uh, we have a cut together uh, by AJ Cross um, that I love. I love the song that we wrote together. You'll hear about that. Um, this is just such a great episode. I love this dude. Let's get to it. Here is Jason Duke. Hey, everybody. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and I'm here with Jason Duke. How you doing, buddy? Amazing. You? Good. Good, good, good. good. Thanks for coming in and uh, being a part of this. Oh, man. It's so exciting. Yeah. I love so I love, to, uh, I love to just get started from the beginning, man. So let's just uh, take me back to, like, how did you figure out, like, uh, you wanted to do new music and, um, you know, what was, what was childhood uh, up, up like up to leading to Nashville? Okay. Um, well, lucky for me, childhood was always right outside of Nashville. Um, that's actually, right. You're from Hendersonville. Hendersonville. Yes, that's exactly yeah, I right. Remember, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm from just north of here. Um, so you can't get away from music. Yeah. Out there. Um, I actually grew up hating country music. Believe it or not, yeah. I, I made fun of country music. I did too. <laughs> and <laughs> and I was into sports and all that stuff. And I was in in high school. I was a, a wrestler in high school. I was pretty good at it, you know. And that was kind of my focus all through high school. Um, and I had a and in that had a, a dad at home that had a guitar always sitting around was always playing like Eagles and Jackson Brown had a bunch of fake books or whatever yeah so I guess that's kind of where music started is this interest in like hearing him you know playing guitar to you know picking up a fake book and learning a song and and learning songs that he was listening to on what would have been records back then you know and tapes and stuff yeah um but you know I never really took it seriously as a career at that point it was just like oh that's kind of cool that he can play that song that i just heard on the record um and then uh around senior year wrestling was over high school sports was done and i was kind of in this lost wayward like well now what i mean it was literally only staying in school to do sports i mean i could have quit school at that point if i if I'd, i i mean i was just lazy enough to quit you know and, <laughs> and uh I fell into this group of musicians that took me in, of all people that could have taken me in, this group of like childhood prodigy musicians took me in. And they were all great singers and songwriters and stuff like that. And and they kind of pulled me in and gave me a big social hug and introduced me to this whole bunch of new friends that were all into music. And I was years behind all of them. 
but that's kind of where the the fire really lit for wow this is something i want to do i love what they do yeah um and and it was a group of people that all went on to have publishing deals and record deals and all kinds of stuff like that right out of high school um and so it was i thought the only way i was going to be able to keep up with them was to go to school and learn music and go so i went to college i went to mtsu yep and uh to catch up with them so I could work with them all one day. Um, I started as a music industry major, which is over in the music department at music industry at a uh, MTSU. And, uh, I started out doing that thinking I'm going to be in the music industry. This is going to be awesome. And got about three years into that and realized I was in the wrong major. <laughs> it was, it was a very eye opening morning at eight o'clock in the morning. At, uh, Dr. Linton's upper level theory class, you know, sitting here, dissecting Bach and I was like god I do not want to be doing this this is not music industry to me and uh yeah and he gave us a lecture one morning about how I mean it's November I mean close to the end of the semester gave us this lecture one morning about how we were all going to be teachers one day and I was like oh my god I've wasted three years because I that's not what I wanted to be I didn't want to be a music teacher I wanted to be in music I wanted to be a thought I was going to be an artist back then, wanted to be a writer, wanted to do something making music. So I actually got up that day, left the major and went over and changed majors to in, went over to the recording industry department at MTSU. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, started that path there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so then did you go into recording when you got out of school? So, um, man, college, college took me on a funny path. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer in the middle of college. So I ended up, as soon as I made that switch over to recording industry, I ended up being down for a year kind of because I had to go through all the cancer stuff and and trying to get better from that. And then I just didn't want to be in school. I kind of wasted a year and then I took a year off. I'm getting old now at this point. I've met a girl who doesn't want to be with a guy without a college degree. So I actually went back to school on this marathon binge if I'm going to finish school. Um, and that was probably what, 23, 24 years old at that point. Went back on this marathon year of 18 hours in the spring, 18 hours in the summer, 18 hours in the fall, just so I could finish my degree. But that's when I, that's when I actually fell into music, fell into music publishing, especially. Yeah. Um, is right as I started that semester, I was bartending one night. I had one customer in the bar all night long. And it was an independent publisher who invited me to an independent publisher meeting the next day. And I went to that meeting and all these independent publishers sitting around a big fancy table at BMI, all exchanging information. Um, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like everybody talking about the artists that are cutting and what songs they had in their catalogs that they thought would fit and how could they get a meeting with so-and-so. And, and that, was, that, was, that was kind of the door that put me into the music publishing world mm. is that that whole thing led to an internship somewhere which led to my first song plugging gig which led to another song plugging gig and then led to writing songs and now here we are today yeah that's <laughs> interesting i love that let's talk about that a little bit because uh you're the first guest i've had on um that's even mentioned song plugging i think okay. like a lot of people listening that may not fully understand what we do in this crazy world of music. Um, talk about what that is and what that means to 
to be a song plugger. Okay. Um, well, so a song plugger is essentially the person at a publishing company who takes all the writers' beautiful little songs that they write and goes out and tries to find them a home. Um, and they work with them to they work with the writers to schedule their calendars and get them in the room with other writers that they think they'll work well with or artists that they'll work well with. And that role has definitely changed over the years. Because mm-hmm. when I was a song plugger, as you turned in the songs and I went out and played songs for everybody, I might go play guitar vocal for somebody, you know, or just trying to get it cut or whatever. That role has definitely changed over the years to being more of a creative manager as opposed to a, I just pitch songs every day. Sure. But that's where that started out for me is uh, I was at a little company called Best Built Songs. Yep. Um, owned by a sweet couple, uh, Larry Sheridan and Robin Ruddy. And, uh, and I had all back catalog to work with. I had no active writer and all back catalog to work. And, uh, and oddly enough, I was just searching around the studio one day and I had found, <laughs> I had found some old tapes with Pat Patterson songs on them. And of course, I see Pat Patterson. I'm like, my goodness, these are going to be the best songs ever. He's written a book about songwriting. These are going to be great songs. And I pull them out and I start listening to them. And I found this one amazing song that I was just like, oh my God, it just took my breath away. It was a song called Little Shoulders. Um, and it was talking about, you know, parents fighting down the hall from a kid. And it's, that's too much to put on little shoulders. It's just a beautiful song. Um, and I ended up getting that song cut by a duo called the Kinleys. Oh yeah. So I had like a I had like a couple wins as a as a song plugger. Yeah. But I started meeting songwriters that way too. And that's where I started to get to every once in a while get that like, we should get together and write. I'm like, you're right. We should. What's writing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um but in that tenure as a song plugger, uh starting at Best Built Songs, I actually met one of my old buddies John Osier who runs publishing companies now but he and I used to get together after work he was working for Doug Johnson over at Curb yeah back in the day you know kind of kind of a gopher kind of a in-between guy there doing lots of stuff and and I was you know making I think three four hundred bucks a month to be a song plugger but we were getting together after work every day getting a case of beer and writing in the studio and just coming up with songs and that's kind of where like the for me, like starting to schedule rights and figure out like, hmm, who should I be writing with? It's kind of where the writing thing started to kick yeah. in too. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So then um, take me into uh, your first pub deal. Um, let's see. My first pub deal uh, was with a company called Dan Hodges Music. Yep. Um, Dan we used had- to do those uh, Dan Hodges Music nights like, once a month oh at yeah the listening room back in coming station man remember that i, I do man that was a long time ago yeah. um dan has a, a fantastic talent for catching a writer early yeah like he's got the eye for a writer and he's he's signed some great writers over the years um i came to know dan well i knew dan from the plugging years yep um but I came to know Dan as a publisher through my friend Ryan Griffin, who yeah. Ryan Griffin was writing for Dan at the time. And, and we had started to turn in songs there, and Dan had started to kind of pay attention to, like, what I was doing. And that led to a first deal with Dan. It took, I mean, it probably took a year of turning in songs with other writers, I think, 
over there for, for it to finally start to become a thing and like, man, we should really work together. Um, so it was awesome. It was because I didn't know what I was doing and what do you do with a publishing deal and like how do you how are you successful in it? It was it was really fun to learn over there. Um, yeah. And he was just always positive about songs. He's just I never got a negative thing about a song. So that's you know as a song I'm fragile anyway. So like feels good to always constantly be lifted up just a little bit. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he it, it was a that was a great first run. Um, I had actually written my first number one about four or five months before I signed that deal. So I brought, I brought the Kelsey Ballerini song into that deal. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> that's a, that's a good transition. Let's talk about dibs. All right. Um, man. So dibs came about in a really cool way. Um, it, it goes back a little further than the, the day of the song. Um, I had, I was bartending at the time. I mean, I was still bartending when we wrote Debs. So yeah. I would have to leave rights. I'd have to leave at three every day so I could go to the bar to work. Yeah. And uh, one of the days that I left them a few weeks earlier, they all wanted to go write a second song. Me and Ryan and, or me and Josh and Kelsey had written earlier that day. Uh, or me and Josh and Kelsey and Ryan, some combination of us that are on that song had written all that day at Black River. And we wanted to go write another song and we were going to go out to Josh's house and write another song. I was like, guys, I have, I have to go work. I'm sorry. You know? So I left and had to go to work. And then I see later that night, them all with their feet in a pool singing this amazing song they had written. I was so, I had the biggest FOMO I've ever had in my <laughs> life. I was like, my God, I've missed my first hit because I had to come to this bartending gig. I hate bartending, blah, blah, blah really upset that I had missed this opportunity to write this great song with them. So the next time that came around was on the day we wrote Dibs. Um, me and Kelsey and Ryan wrote a song in the morning and Josh was in another room writing another song and we were all texting Josh like, just come over here, just come over here, blow out, I keep hitting this mic, uh, just blow out of your right, come over here. And she, of course, we're not going to do that because none of us were jerks. We're not going to like bail on our right or whatever. So we all wrote our first songs and we went to lunch and we came back to the publishing company. We we're like, is it going to happen? Are we going to write a song? We're we all going to get together. We're going to do this. We've got some time. Right. And I was secretly like, I have to go to a bar shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I texted to get some cover at the bar, um, kind of secretly. And, and then I stayed for that, right. Um, and you know, we'd started out actually started out a different song. We started out, some slow song or whatever and just wasn't working um and then kelsey just kind of came out and was like you know what i've been wanting to write a song called dibs and i just remember responding to that like yeah you do and then it just started rolling like i mean i think she threw out the first line of the chorus i threw out the second line of the chorus ryan threw out the third line of the chorus josh came in with the rappy thing at the end that we were originally going to put somewhere else and this song just fell together hmm. and it was so fun to write. It was so fun to write. And I was like a kid in a candy store because I had two signed artists, me, little old writer. I'm like, I've got this Sony artist and Ryan in the room and I've got Kelsey at the Black River who they're pushing at radio right now. I'm like, that's a writer's dream, right? Yeah. Like, man, I've got two chances for a hit here, you know? Um, and, uh, 
so we get through the song. I mean, it didn't take us long to write. It might have taken us, I mean, half an hour to write. Wow. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe 40 minutes. Um, and we get to the end and we're like, okay, let's do, you know, everybody pulls out their phones and do the work tapes or whatever. And we do one with Ryan and he sounds great on it because Ryan sounds great on everything. Yeah. Ryan could sing the cookbook and it sounds yeah. great, you know, but uh, we got to Kelsey's and it just, I mean, the work tape is fantastic. It just, I mean, from the first note, it's just like, oh my God, this is a hit. And then you can even hear us in the work tape. There was one part we had worked on with her. And we were trying to convince her to hit this note in the, it, it went Friday night free and shock. That note was a little high for her, the, the last few takes we had done. And she hit it in the work tape, like flawless. And you can hear us in the work tape go, yeah. <laughs> we were so excited. She just crushed that note. And, uh, and then we're all doing those hey's. And we're, I mean, we were just having a hoot, man. It was, it was, just a fun song so so was that was the was the haze um was that part of the song that was written in there or was that just the thing that can't happen with the work tape where you guys were just having fun uh we it started out as a having fun and i th and we were like we kind of did it to have fun and we we're like hey and then we we're like wait a second does that belong there and then we kind of talked about it for a minute and i don't remember who wanted it and who didn't but we ended up going with it because we could always take it out you know yeah so it did end up it ended up in there and then it ended up what we did on the um we then went into the studio to do kind of like a pre-production on it and you know josh had gotten pretty good at tracks by that point yeah you know and so he did a great track for it just a great simple we can build from this track and the haze we did on that ended up on the record which is kind of cool wow yeah yeah so but yeah it was a it was a it was a fun fun process and it was just easy it was like it was one of the first songs that i think i was ever part of that just felt f it was just a flawless effort it was just yeah. it just flowed easy we all knew when we finished it that we had something and yeah. it was it was that was a cool feeling that's like i think that's the feeling we all chase as writers is like to get to the end and be like oh, there it is you know now how do i make that happen on the next song yeah you know? yeah so I mean, you're you're a great writer too. Um, well, thanks, man. You know, I, I think I 30, 40 minutes to write that song though. I didn't know that. That's a it was, it was a quick, it was a quickie. It but it was just it was every line was just to us was so obvious. It was so yeah. easy to keep call. I'm calling dibs in mind. You know, it was just every you could check every line down through that song. And it all answers. It all writes to I'm calling dibs. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that was a that was that was that was fun. Um, loved writing that with those guys. Um, and that song actually, we wrote that song shortly after because that came right before the Dan deal. But it came right after a conversation with my wife of like, you know, we had been doing this for a while. Like I'm writing like forty hours a week, but I'm also bartending forty hours a week, and we yeah. had you know three-year-old at home at the time four-year-old i mean young young kid at home and you know trying to balance this and it was just like it was brutal for a while yeah. you know and we had had this conversation about you know how much longer are you going to do this and coming from coming from the wife like you know how much longer are you going to do this and it was like, I, just, I don't know okay like as long as i keep getting better if i stop if i plateau then 
we need to consider something else. But I just feel like everything we do gets better and closer and better and closer. And we had had a real heart to heart about shutting down the calendar one day, pretty, pretty soon, pretty close to writing dibs. We, we had had a conversation about like, if you really want me to shut the calendar down and go get a real job, I'll go get a real job. I feel like I have a real job, but you know, that does take me away at night, you know? So, yeah. um, so it was, it was cool that we had come to a decision to keep going after it. Mm. And then within the next six months, all those things fell in place. You know, we got that, we got that cut, landed the publishing deal. I three weeks into the publishing deal, wrote another great song that ended up doing well for us called Man Enough Now, Chris Bandy. Like all this stuff wouldn't have happened if we hadn't just, if, if we had shut it down when we had that conversation. Yeah. So it always kind of leads me back to every time something good happens with any song, I just think back to my wife and I'm like, God, thank you so much. You know? Yeah. Cause, cause we would have shut it down, you yeah. know, man. So, but it was cool. It was, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser microphones. When we first started this podcast, we were using some older microphones and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well. And I just can't say enough great things about them. Go check out Sennheiser.com. If you are into music in any way, their microphones are hands down the best on the planet. Go check them out, Sennheiser.com. And thank you, Sennheiser, for the support and the sponsorship. We love y'all. It's I always love watching you play dibs on the stage. You can just see like your face light up and it's just like, you know, the first number one. It's just Heck uh yeah, dude. you know, just it's it's uh it's awesome. I, I, I've I've enjoyed uh, watching watching the journey over so many years. We've been friends, and um, yeah, it's been cool, man. Oh man, and you've seen you've seen me come here and play with nothing, like yeah, like no zero cuts, you yeah. know. And yeah, man, it's uh now it, you've got the Kelsey and Bandy, and um, you got uh, Keith Urban too, right? I do. I, I have a I, I have a cut on a Keith Urban's Ripcord record. That, yeah, that I love. Um, it's called that could still be us yeah. um man we were really hoping we were going to get a yeah. big ballad single out of that with him man but just didn't happen you know yeah a little heartbreaker but you know but also like it's still a keith urban cut like, yeah yeah it's like that many, counts well you know i mean you've written songs over the years how many times you sit in a room writing with people and you're getting into your song you're like starting to dig on it and then somebody goes, yeah, you know, this could be like Keith Urban. Or this could be like Blake Shelton. This could be, they, they pick mm-hmm. out artist X. It's huge. It's unobtainable. And you're like, yeah, that'd be great. And then you get that unobtainable. It's like an unobtainable cut. And then you get it like as a nobody. Like, and that yeah. came, that cut came out, what, four or five weeks after Dibs went number one? Like not long after Dibs went number one. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Do you typically, I mean, we've written together a couple of times. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know your process, but just for everybody listening, like, are you, do you go into a room, um, more melody or more lyric? Man, I, 
That's funny. That's a good publisher question right there. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to answer that question. Um, I've made a point over the years of being what the room needs that day. And I don't know if that's melody and I don't know if that's lyric. I don't know. I, I just know that some days, like, I mean, the Keith Urban cut has my melodies in a chorus, you know? Mm -hmm. So am I a melody guy? Who knows? You know? Um, but then like so a couple of these Kyle Clark things that have come out recently, like the Kyle Clark call me Monday. Like I came in with that lyric for the chorus, you know, like here's the lyric for this chorus, this whole chorus. Here it is. What can we do with it? You know? So who knows? Like, I, I hate to be pigeonholed off into one. I know that makes it easy for, for publishers to schedule. It's like, oh, I have this great lyric guy you need to work with. I've kind of strived to just be a great songwriter to work with. You know, yeah. like, I want to be able to write the melody when you, when you need it or have input on the melody when you need it, you know, and be able to focus the lyric when the lyric needs focus. No matter how good of a lyricist you are, I want to be able to help, you know. Um, so I, I've made kind of a point in my career, especially being a lunchbox songwriter. Like I'm not a rock star guitar player. I'm not a great singer. I'm not going to go on the road, but you know, I want to be able to fit into any room mm -hmm. and I want, when a room sees that I'm on the calendar, I want them to be like, Oh yeah, that guy, I like that guy, you know? Yeah. Make sure he stays on. You know, like I, I just want to, I want everybody to feel like they see a day coming up with me and they go, Oh yeah, that's going to be cool. You know? Yeah. We'll get something done. So, yeah. I would have said the same thing. You know, I, 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 you've, you've been great at throwing out lyrics when it's, uh, you know, when, when we're stuck. Um, but then you also have these great melodies that you come up with, too. So I would have I answered it the same way for you. <laughs> I was going to say, you could probably answer it better than me, honestly. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, it, I think it depends on the room and, and the situation, like you said. And, I mean, we wrote, uh, we wrote a great song um, that got cut by A.J. Cross, uh, Without oh, yeah. a Girl. And that was one of those songs that just kind of fell out really quick, too. That, and, was, um, that was a fun. That, that was a fun creation. Man. That was. That really was. And talking about uh, leaving and missing out on an opportunity, we wrote that morning. Yeah, we sure did. And I almost left because I yeah. had some things to do, and I was like, "Man, I don't know. I don't know." I, and and luckily, I stayed and uh, and it did that second right with you guys. And um, it, that was it so. Was, and you have a whole empire here to run, right? And it's yeah. like, and you stuck around. That meant a lot to all of us too, though. The fact that you stuck, you have this whole beast going to, that you're running with, you know, the listening room and, and, you know, employees counting on you to do the right things here. And, and you stuck around like those, those hours are valuable. And when you give them to people, it should mean something, you know, it was really cool to have you stick around that day. And then it made us all feel like we even needed to, to deliver more. Cause we're like, man, this guy has 3000 other things to do and he's staying here. Oh dude, dude, let's let's make sure this pays, you know, like let's, let's make this rock, you know? So that was a fun room too. Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a good day. It was, it, it was sure fun, was, so. man. Um, well, uh, you've got, uh, you've got some recent, um, stuff going on. So yeah, so let's, let's talk about what's happening right now, man. It's been a fun year. Yeah. Um, so I just ended a, a fantastic five year run with BMG. Yep. Um, it ended in December. Um, man, that was a fun ride. It, it it got me through the pandemic, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, 
I thought for sure during the pandemic they were going to, it was like, why in the world would they keep me? Of all people they could keep, why would they keep me? You know, and, and they did and they, and they kept the deal going and they made the deal better on the last year, which was awesome. Really helped us out a lot. Um, and they were great champions. They got us some great opportunities. Um, so that deal ended in December though. Um, and just as deals run, I had a five year deal there. Yeah. That deal was done. Um, and I've just signed a new publishing deal this year in February. Luckily only went a month without being able to pay the rent. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, we, uh, uh, we signed a new deal in February with, uh, Chris Stefano's company, Wind Songs. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see a handful of things that we've been waiting on come to the come out which has been really cool like we had a a ray lynn release earlier this year which was which was great uh hannah um, ellis sagan hannah ellis had, we've got a hannah ellis hannah ellis has cut one we it hasn't come out yet but uh it that's a great song too it um is. and we think that's we we that's on the horizon uh, we had a Megan Patrick release here not too long ago, which is, oh, come on, Megan Patrick singing a song? That's, what a talent, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, uh, gosh, what else have we had this year? Two or three Kyle Clark releases that have all been great songs. Um, Chris Rudiger just put one out that's awesome. Um, uh, the Naomi Cook single, Naomi's debut single as a solo artist just came out. Um, yeah. Um, it's 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 been a fun ride so far, you know. And we've got a couple, couple big ones that are still we. I still have to call them pipeline. Like I've I've heard them, but like it's fingers crossed on yeah. really big records, which would be amazing to get, you know. Um, Alexander K released one uh, that me and Jason Massey wrote with her. Um, uh, that I hate airplanes song is freaking great. Um, so it's been a it's been a fun run this year. Had a lot of great releases and just trying to get more of them, you know. Yeah, it gets addictive. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can, you you look like you're on top of the world. Dude, it's I'm, like it's it's so cool. Like it's we're seeing the releases come out, which is like it's good for all like the in laws, you know. It's like it's like <laughs> you know, it's like oh he is, oh all right, she is married to a good guy, you know. Like no, all joking aside, they, they're very very supportive. But uh, it's it's fun to have those things come out because. You, you're constantly working in this forward fashion, right? You know, you're constantly, what am I going to do today? What's the best song I've ever written? The one I wrote yesterday or the one I'm going to write today, you know? Yeah. And, you know, in my head currently right this moment is in this interview and then going to Chris Stefano's to write today. Like, wow, you got to be on your game for that one, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, get to celebrate these cuts that have come out this year and you, you kind of lose track of that. You know, like you, as you're constantly moving forward, you build this career that you don't even realize you've built, you know? And, uh, you know, when I look back now and kind of put everything on one piece of paper, you know, where I see like I've had one hit and a Hannah Ellis cut and a, you know, a single that unfortunately went to radio when the pandemic came, happened and, you know, so we had a failed single at radio and then we had a single that was supposed to go, that didn't go because of the pandemic. and. You, there's a there's a few losses you see along the way, but you see so many. When you put it all on one piece of paper, I I've just touted along and had a great little career so far. Yeah. You know, I've several major label releases, and you know, 
lots of cool cuts and cool cuts on the horizon and nothing but great opportunities in front of us in this new publishing deal like how did we get so lucky <laughs> chris is such a great dude i mean I, he like you you uh and and like you said bmg like tons of friends over there and they're there's they're such a great company um but you know i think when you've got a leader at the helm like de stefano that is a massive successful songwriter like like he is you know like he just i don't know there's just something special about that and he's just um he just cares he's just so genuine and i love the dude that's and that's been 1000% my experience from even before day 1 starting to write there is just like there's just a genuine presence there and it's and it's positive and it's nurturing and it's you know and, and the talent speaks for itself you know and yeah. and so it's cool to it's cool to go back to something small but but so powerful you know like that that that's a cool thing to be in and be that small and and it's cool to come from you know 40 50 riders constantly every day just elbowing for space you know like now there's three riders yeah. and chris you know so that's that's it's cool to be back on like to be on such a small roster that that's a great roster and yeah. you know and have a great creative director that's just focused on four people yeah. you know that's the poor creative directors all over town get worked so hard and they get so much put on their plate that it's just it's impossible to balance it all yep so it definitely feels good to be on something that there's less on the plate so there's more focus on everything on that plate you know yeah um so yeah it's 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 a great year <laughs> so when when did you sign with him uh that deal january started february 1st february okay it started february 1st um which means I had catalog in January that is unspoken for, and I ended up getting a cut out of that. Oh, I got nice! It. Yeah, right. Yay, schedule A's. Right. Um, but yeah, I got a. I Ryan Griffin just released yeah. a song that we wrote during that uh, little phase there, um, called "If All I Ever Do," and uh, it's so funny that's another one of those refusing to have to deal with FOMO. Like I had surgery three days earlier and was like wrecked like i could barely get out of the bed but i had a right with them like three days four days after surgery or something i was like with jason massey and ryan griffin i was like i gotta get to that and i got there and i literally laid over on the couch i was like i'm so sorry guys was <laughs> <laughs> like the only people in town who would have dealt with me that way <laughs> yeah I, was, I can't move what if we said this <laughs> yeah Oh, but man, it was awesome. So awesome. They were so great to be. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's great. You have your own publishing on it. Yeah, man. Your that's, own publishing wins, that's, right? That's always a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, has, uh, has Chris put the uh, night goggles on you yet and taken you out in the woods? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Man, he loves his uh, tactical stuff. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Hey man, everybody's got a thing. Yep. Yep. You know, everybody's got a thing. Well, um, dude, thanks for sitting down with us today. And, uh, this, this has been fun. I always like to end, uh, with the same question. So, um, through, you know, through all this stuff that you went through with school and, um, you know, the, the bartending job and 
almost walking away right before dibs, everything that you've been through, if you go back and you're talking to eight-year-old Jason, what advice do you give yourself? Ah, huh. oh, man. Probably, probably you're the only one who is going to believe in yourself enough. Like, everybody around you can believe in you and they can believe in you a lot, but it's up to you to get there. It's always going to be up to you to get there. And mm. you have to believe in yourself enough to make tough calls like not listen to your wife who, who wants to shut it down, you know, and, and, to, and to speak up for your own beliefs and your own desires and your own belief in yourself. Like that would probably, that would probably be it is, you know, you're the only one that's going to believe in you enough. You know, you'll get as far as that takes you. Yeah. You know, so. So uh, good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks again. This has been a blast. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to get back together in the next year or two. And, uh, after you've got all these other number one hits and, uh, (laughs) Talk about stories behind those. I know it's coming. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Yeah, man. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm Chris Blair, and you've been listening to Jason Duke. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.